0: Okay, welcome special guest. Hello. What's your name?
1: Uh, My name is Dustin Curzon.
0: I gave a little cue at the end of the last episode that you are going to be my very first interview guest. How do you feel about that?
1: Happy to be your first.
0: Welcome to We Have This Hope. My name is Emily Curzon. This is a podcast about the study of scripture, the art of remembering, and the practice of telling. On the show, we'll explore the ways God calls his people to remember by studying scripture together, and we'll hear individual stories of hope, anchored in the beautiful and ancient practice of remembering. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast, First Special Guest. As I've talked about before, this is going to be a process that I'm calling guided remembering. So, walking somebody through a process of just telling their story, but with an emphasis on remembering the work that God's done in and through them as they're um, telling the story. So, this series we're kicking off is a series called Remembering Your First Venture, or I'm going to say your significant venture, a significant venture because the one I want you to talk about is probably technically not your first venture.
1: Yeah, that's probably true, but...
0: But here we go. Depends
1: on how you measure it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to have three main questions that structure the interview. And the first one we're going to start with is, tell, is what happened. Tell us your story. So it's like when we study scripture and we ask the question, what does it say? This is sort of like your first grade reading comprehension. I want you to sort of... Narrate, and I will help you do that. Tell us the who, what, when, where, not necessarily the why yet, um, about your very first venture. And I'm specifically talking about your first entrepreneurial venture, which was a company you founded back in some year that we were married.
1: Yeah, it was the first year we were married. When Um, were we
0: married? 2010. Okay, yeah, so tell us what happened. Who, what, when, where um
1: yeah so i mean it really started at on our honeymoon um
0: oh yeah you read that book
1: yeah i read um Uh delivering happiness um which is the story of zappos uh, which Mm -hmm. is now owned by amazon but um the story of that company how it got started um and yeah i think i kind of officially caught the bug from that about, you know, creating something and building something and so you no know, wanting to do something. so that was August of 2010. Then like December, I know my uncle Tom and Aunt Anne had come to town and I was telling him about some of my ideas and what I wanted to do. Uh, and then found out that he was really actively involved in tech stuff and startups. And um, so, thankfully you had a awesome job at the hospital and, um, really stable career. And so we decided it was a good time for me to just, uh, figure out, you know, take a stab at doing something. So, um, my, uh, currently I was working at a photography studio here in town and they were awesome and let me go part-time so that I could spend more time on, uh, trying to figure this out. And in retrospect, it was the terrible order of how you should do things. <laughs> like you don't quit your job when then like, oh, I'm going to figure out what my next thing is. Um, <laughs> and, and I
0: also feel like we should qualify. I did have a really stable job, but lucrative is also not an adjective I would use to describe that job.
1: <laughs> it was lucrative for us at the time.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs>
1: uh, and so, yeah, I, I, it really kind of kicked into high gear that spring I went my dad and I flew out to Phoenix and met with um a couple of guys out there, Anil, Gavin and a mm-hmm. guy named Mike. Mm-hmm. Um and we did kind of a two day sprint to just figure out what the idea was, what what was possible. Um and it really I came out of my work in the photography world of trying to figure out like, okay, what's the next thing for photos and how might that um, and I saw just like the emotional power that photos
0: had, mm-hmm.
1: um, and wanted to, to figure out, um, what to do with those. So that's kind of where, it, where it all started.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you had a bug to start a, a technology related company, but also one that had, had a connection with people. I like that.
1: Yeah. I never not really
0: thought about it that way.
1: It, uh. this is you know now become a theme in our lives um but i just in that session we talked about the power of photos as a tool for remembering Mm. um and that like one of the things you take a bunch of these photos and the reason you take photos is to help you remember something yeah um and so we kind of specifically focused on older photos so photo um analog photos photos that were like kind of pre-digital that were like old family photos that had a high emotional value for someone. And the photo was like a tool for helping you remember, but then there was still the act of like the photo itself didn't capture the story, you know, or Mm -hmm. didn't preserve the story. And there was a lot of time at that time, like people starting to digitize old photos and services that do that but then there still wasn't anything around like, well, why does this photo matter? Like, what is the story being told here? And so we started playing around with the idea of like, what if you could record someone's voice talking about the photo and like pair that with the photo and and create these kind of more living albums or libraries of, of specifically family photos. And so we um, started working on it um, full time and like, prototyping what it could look like and researching and testing with users and things like that and kind of built out a first uh, first version of one um and I remember we had like a kickoff with friends and family mm-hmm. ch- <laughs> who use our church lobby yes. <laughs> as a way to have it and, <laughs> and ask people to like record stories and make them and give us feedback and um and that was really fun um, it was a, a cool opportunity to um see like other people use it and get their feedback and um I mean for sure one of my takeaways of the whole thing was like one like you could just tell people the idea of like preserving you know someone like a family member's voice talking about a photo and like the reaction was always like oh I really need that Mm -hmm. because so and so is sick or I wish I would have had that but it's too late,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that person's already gone. And, um, and so there's a strong emotive uh, or emotional value to it. Um, and, and I mean, ultimately, I think one of the things that was hard about it is that it almost had too much emotional like wait Mm -hmm. and then like it was a barrier to people starting
0: they're like yeah
1: oh I've got this photo but like what am I gonna say or like
0: it's like the equivalent of somebody that has like the big tub full of photos and they really need to organize it but it's like yeah I would carry that tub out if my house was on fire but I can't sit down and organize it it's just too much (laughs) yeah
1: yeah you want to have it and but then like life gets in the way and then like to sit down and do it and um yeah so it Oh, spoiler uh, ultimately didn't go
0: anywhere. <laughs> wait, well, wait, 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 wait! What was the name of your company?
1: Uh, it was called Narrable. Mm. Uh, so, kind of a narrative parable combo word, which I still own the domain of. So, yeah, if you want to buy it from me,
0: <laughs> I'll sell it to you for one million no, dollars. Don't don't get rid of it. Don't get rid of it. I've always loved the name Narrable, and the tagline was. Stories that matter. Stories that matter. Which I feel like, did we see like on a commercial or somebody's taken that?
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Somebody,
0: you heard it first on this podcast, narrable narrable.com. Stories that matter. Stories that matter. <laughs> stories that matter. But
1: not, not enough to pay for, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who was involved? You mentioned a few of the key players, you mentioned some people that um, were involved along the way.
1: Um, I mean, a ton of people over, um, I mean, I worked on it for f- six years almost. Um, mm-hmm. and everything from, it was really a special thing to get to do with <laughs> our dog snoring <laughs> in the background. Um, uh, although our, our last dog was a big part of it. Charlie Aww, was, would always yeah. sit in the chair while I was working out of our house. Um, I mean, too, too many people to, to say, but it was special to get to do it with my dad and with my uncle um, and and going out to Phoenix at least once a month for several years, like getting to spend time with my aunt and uncle and stay with them was a great, um, kind of a special memory. Um, and Nil and Gavin were kind of my business partners in Phoenix and um, had great relationships with them mm-hmm. and, and build that. And then as we started building the team here, you know, I got to, um work with uh Cavett and Eric um Michael Michael um who Scott. else Scott Scott Taylor yeah i like just a ton of people that like uh you know we all kind of went through different like life changes of people getting married and having kids and like uh like do that together and working on building this thing that like none of us knew what we were doing and we were just trying to figure it out um i met I mean, the people I work with now, Jacob and mm-hmm. Dan and Jeremiah and Megan. And like, I, I sublet space from their company and now work for that company. <laughs> um, uh People like Brian Paschal and uh, Elizabeth Ellison and Aaron Miller, who like helped me get connected into the entrepreneur scene in Tulsa, like that, you know, led to my next job. And, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, there was a, the, the people I got to meet and then all the people I met in Phoenix along the way too, and the investors here and like people who supported um, the vision of it um, was pretty
0: awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I want to jump into the next question and that it's the same second question we always use when we're studying scripture and the questions, why did it matter? So this question is about context. So at the time, not why does it matter now? Because mm-hmm. we're gonna get to that. But at the time, what was during during Ner- like the Narrable launching? Ner-able, um I don't want to use the word fail because I don't feel like it was a. It, I don't feel like it, it did fail. Well, it's okay. I know. Okay I use mean, but word. anyway, during Narrable's tenure, in that at that time, how were you thinking and feeling? How did it impact our daily lives? Your daily life? Um, and then I have one more to go with that, but I don't want to overload you with questions. So at the time, how are you thinking and feeling? This is a hilarious question to ask you too. At the
1: time I was not feeling.
0: <laughs> he um, has since learned to think and feel. That's one of the I
1: could think then, just not feel. Um, no,
0: just not think about your feelings.
1: That's true. Um, I, I mean, I. I learned a ton in that process um, of like, I learned like how to sell, like the kind of like un- unease of goes in like selling something, pitching, like asking people for money, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, I guess the same activity selling and in- pitching um, like leadership and managing and how to coach people and hold them accountable and hire people and fire people and, um, And, and so I guess the emotions that go with all of that is, I mean, you got to experience the, like me, uh, working in some ways in isolation and then other ways working with people and the like ups and downs of, you know, we, we joke that like, we never, we never just like raised a ton of money and then didn't have to think about it for a while. It was always Mm -hmm. like, there was just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was good. But it also, like, I remember we were on a trip together and, like, I was, like, waiting on a call back from an investor and trying to decide if I even want to take money from this investor. And then, like, they said no. And oh. I had this, like, instant relief of, like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't invest. That I remember like that vaguely. Um, and so, yeah, I also, I, I think... I don't know that I could articulate it then, but now I can see of like, um, giving language to the things that are stressful about, you know, like whatever I'm worrying about in that thing and like just even acknowledging like, oh yeah, I'm worrying about this, the additive piece of this, like this and this and this and this and this, all these little things together and then like creating this overall stress. Um, and then instead of like focusing on like okay but what are the things within your control what are the things that like you can do and focus on doing those things Mm -hmm. um which um I maybe do slightly better now (laughs) um but I I mean I loved the like the excitement of creating like the passion of like something new and like the the empathy and of like I I didn't know what this was at the time but like creating these like journey maps of users like understanding users and like what do they need in building things of like having this like strong sense of empathy for for those users like that is something that I I loved Um, which is
0: interesting to hear you say because like empathy is really one of your superpowers
1: yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's something that I'm I love doing, it. and it's just a natural, like, building software for people really mattered. hmm
0: Um, yeah. So what impact at the time did it have on your... Did this venture have on your relationships? And, and then what impact did it have on your spiritual life? What impact did it have on your relationship with God?
1: Yeah, um... Relationships, why? I mean, you were my only relationship. (laughs) I know.
0: Should I answer that question? (laughs)
1: Uh, I mean, it just was, it was kind of all-consuming. Yeah. In that, like, it was just what we talked about. And not in a bad, not in a bad way. Um, But it was just, like, people, I think, both, I mean, you were such a strong part of it or a core part of it. And, like, very, you were as close to, like, a true, like, partner or co-founder in it that I I truly had, because you were just, like, in it all the way through. Um, you don't get enough credit for that.
0: Oh, wow, thanks.
1: You certainly didn't get any equity <laughs> in it for it. Um, it's okay. Um, and, but, for like, outsiders, it was, like, uh, that was what people knew about me. It was, like, if I talked, to somebody or like had a, a social event or whatever, it was just like we talked about Narable and always knew that because mm-hmm. it was I think somewhat unique in mm-hmm. our like circles of like not at the time it's not like we lived in San Francisco where everybody was working at a startup. Yeah. And so yeah, um that was kind of my thing. So mm-hmm. I, I talked about it that's true and thought about it and kind of breathed it at all times. Um as far as, far as my spiritual life, um I think it It certainly pushed me to be, like, out of my comfort zone to trust God. I mean, we talked about the money and raising, like, we didn't just raise a huge amount of money. Like, it, um, there was a lot of conversation about just trusting, like, okay, God, like, I don't know what we're mm-hmm. supposed to do here, and we're just going to keep going forward. And then I think the other, like, main thing was, like, I... It was, like, my relationship with God, like, through other people. And, like, I just think about the... It was probably the most, like, clear sense of grace or example of grace that I've experienced Mm. in my life of, like, these investors putting money in. And, like, each, each situation was, like, slightly different. But there were several people who just... It was truly a gift. Like the mm-hmm. money, like well, yeah. I don't think they had any expectation of getting a return. Maybe they didn't. It <laughs> just was super nut naive. <laughs> um but like No, they
0: uh, were investing in you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they were investing in me, and they were just like I mean I had one specifically who just said like who was a family friend and he handed me the check, which was at the time the largest check I'd ever seen. And he said, "I just want you to know that my relationship with you and with your family is more important to me than this money. Whatever happens, mm-hmm. and that that was like a really moving time, and it proved to be true. I mean, like I, well, I lost that money. Like he didn't get that back, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and and we're still close to this day, and um, uh, and so like that view of like there's." and maybe when we when we did decide to shut down the and I had to kind of like formally say like hey nobody's getting their money back it's over um yeah. I just the amount of grace that was shown to me and mm-hmm. you know, like several investors when I called to tell them that they first question was like well how are you like mm-hmm. how, how are you handling this are you okay um not like hey how come you didn't Where's my money? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't surprise to anybody. We were pretty upfront of like for a long time, and we worked on it for a long time without taking salaries or anything like that, trying to find a way to make it work. But um, but that inability to pay back is a is a mm-hmm. really powerful thing. I mean, there's there are other times where maybe like oh man, that person showed me grace or whatever. But like truly, like this like sense of helplessness of like there is nothing I could do to repay this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Like I just don't have the money and like won't have it for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And even thought of like, okay, well someday I'm going to pay this person back. And like, it was kind of missing the point. Um, And so I think that was a very tangible lesson for me.
0: So the last question is, why does it still matter? So I talked about what happened why did it matter at the time? Why does it still matter? So this is a question about application. So what do you know now that you didn't know then? Didn't know then? And how does remembering Nar influence your thoughts and your feelings toward God? What did you need to be, or think about it this. I like this one. What did you need to be reminded of in the retelling of the story?
1: I think I've learned uh, the vastness of building software and like how hard it is and like what it means to really like scale something and build it well. Um, and at the same time, like, it's kind of cliche to say, like, I learned all the things I wouldn't do. And like, that <laughs> is like I look back at it and like, not to say that we like made mistakes all the whole way, but like when I look back at it, I'm like, oh we should have done that differently. We should have done that. We should have. and so um so if I do another if I do another startup or whatever, I've learned those things and I feel like it allowed me to in my next job when I worked at a, a kind of incubator co working space entrepreneur center like have a a strong sense of empathy for the people who are trying to build something. And I could share my experiences with that. And, um, and it translates even to my work now. Um, it, um, um, in some ways has made me, a probably slightly more risk averse
0: person. I think Mm -hmm. I was,
1: Some of it was just my.
0: We've also had three children and three (laughs) homes since we. That's true. (laughs)
1: Um, There's some like. I mean, so I forgot who was my uncle or somebody. When I was first starting, said, if you understood how hard this was going to be, you wouldn't start. Mm. And now I like. That's true. Like, it it will. If I'm going to do another new venture, it it's going to take a lot for me to take that step just because I understand the cost and like what it will truly mean to go and do that. And so not to say that I won't do it again, but like, I, I understand that piece of it. I, you know, I I know I think more and more the importance of people and the people you work with and like hiring and like, um, putting an emphasis on that piece um, of it as well
0: uh, you know even just in reflecting on uh, just this like tiny microcosm that is the story of Narrable in reflecting on that what do you find to be true of god as you're retelling the story
1: um i mean the most obvious one is the like God's faithfulness and like the people that He's brought into my life, all through this process, and and the Him providing for us and our family, and mm-hmm. Him allowing us to just experience all sorts of adventure in our in our lives. Um, maybe this goes with the like um, more risk averse or whatever, but it's just less uh, pride. Mm -hmm. in that uh, that Mm -hmm. just both and the like okay I've had I've done things that like this didn't really work or or whatever so I don't have like something I can just really point to um to be like oh look what I did but I can point and look and say like okay look what God did in our lives in this Mm -hmm. this time um and I think through like even just like the other stuff going in our lives that had nothing to do with the business of narable, mm-hmm. but like, I, in this time period is, um, my grandfather, my dad's dad, um, was sick and ultimately passed away. Mm-hmm. And in those last few years of his life, I had the flexibility because of this job that I could go and do yard work at their house or I could go and sit with them or mm-hmm. I could go do these different things, um, that, nobody else could really do because of the in- inflexibility of their own jobs. And so like mm-hmm. that piece of it and it's like the relationships I got to build um with the people I worked with or um the flexibility of like leading a small group of great uh, Lucy. Excuse you Lucy. <laughs> um the flexibility of being able to like lead a small group um at our church of, like, junior high boys mm-hmm. and, like, go on spring break missions with them. And um, so I, I think one of the lasting things is while Narable was, like, all-consuming for my thought life for many years, um, it it also made me realize, like, okay, I can never do, like, the traditional, like, you got to be at the office from this time to this time. Because I have all these other things in my life that are important to me, um, like family and these relationships and things like that. Um, And then I think the other piece that is just, I, I still think is true is this power of like remembering of like, I, got to hear some incredible stories that people told through the narrable platform and like, um, not taking, um, for granted, like, the ability to, like, talk to somebody and, like, hear their story mm-hmm. and sit and listen to them and, uh, like, share it and, like, understand that piece,
0: so. I actually don't know what I'm going to ask you here. You're a really, just... you're a really good host. <laughs> Thank you. No. This is good practice. Do you I... feel like those three questions went... Okay. Yeah. How do you think it went? I feel like you did a good job. Tell me what is a book you're enjoying right now, or music, or a show, even though I know the answer to the show question. You don't know the answer. All right, well. You don't know
1: me. <laughs> um, my answer is I'm really enjoying podcast
0: oh okay
1: yeah see you don't know
0: I do know I know what you're gonna talk about now. that's not
1: what you thought I was gonna say um I'm enjoying a podcast called acquired uh it's a business podcast about
0: <laughs> companies getting acquired
1: um yeah it's just like a story kind of story about how companies are built um and the hosts are really good but it's just fascinating and I think what I love is similar to what I loved about that um book on zappos so it's just like it's the mixture of like lessons that people learn but they're not just like arbitrary like non-fiction books that people have created of like you should do this in business but they're like real stories about people like who tried things and like where they failed and where they succeeded and what they learned along the way um and that piece is just it's the stories which one's
0: been the best
1: one the best one the Walmart one was really interesting, like mm-hmm. the story of Walmart being built, mm-hmm. and then like the next episode after that was the story of Amazon being built. And so there's kind of this like logical progression of how those one oh. led into the other, which was super cool. Yeah. Um, I just finished the one on Oprah. That one was great, and I just started the one on Netflix. So I'm excited about that one.
0: Ooh, I'm sure I'll get the play-by-play. Play. You will can i just say so far you've been my favorite guest
1: yeah thank you
0: (laughs) okay well i'll see you in about two minutes once i finish making my tea and we sit down to watch a show
1: okay Okay.
0: bye thanks for tuning in to the very first we have this hope remembering interview with um, my very own dustin curzon I'm going to link in the show notes a couple of the things that Dustin mentioned, like the Acquired podcast that he's listening to right now, and the Zappos book that he kind of set things in motion for him um, in creating Narrable. Coming up, we are going to kick off our study series in the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at Proverbs. We're also going to dig a little bit into 1 Kings so that we can understand the life of King Solomon, who is credited with the majority of the Proverbs. Um, So I hope you will tune into that. I hope you will open your Bibles, maybe read a little bit ahead in Proverbs, see what you can dig out using the three-question technique. And most importantly, I hope that you will walk into your next few days with a mind for remembering. What is it that you could remember? What is it that's happening maybe in your life right now that you need to write down so you'll remember later? I hope you'll think about that as you go through your week and tune in next time. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.